As most historical royal marriages were arranged very much towards politics and diplomacy, it was often the case that kings would have little to do with their wives, apart from the business of producing an heir or royal events. Many kings and historically important figures would satisfy their need for both love and lust in the arms of a mistress or two, or a dozen. Hi and welcome back to the Historical Crimes and Criminals podcast and it's another History Bite episode. There are many tales of mistresses through history, but we could perhaps start with my favourite, pretty, witty Nell Gwynn, the former orange seller who was also one of Charles II's many mistresses. Nell had already been around by the time she came to the king's attention and indeed he was the third lover Nell had by the name of Charles and it led to Nell calling him by a pet name of Charles her third. When Charles took another mistress, the beautiful Moll Davis, her rival, the minx Nell, ensured the late night liaison ended unpleasantly by having Moll's food mixed with laxatives. This promptly led to Charles finishing with Moll. Pall Mall is a grand street near Buckingham Palace and it's lined with houses so large that quite a few are used as gentlemen's clubs. In a diary entry, the future queen, a young Princess Elizabeth, notes in her diary at the 1945 VE celebrations out in the crowd again, Trafalgar Square, Piccadilly, Pall Mall, walks simply miles. The south side of the street is owned by the Crown, except for number 79, and guess who lived there? When Charles placed Nell Gwynn in this house, she was perturbed by the fact that the house was under lease to her and she didn't own it. But Nell did what Nell did and used her womanly attributes, or at least withheld them, until Charles went and arranged for an act of parliament to give her the freehold. Another mistress was Lily Langtree. She was an actress and a courtesan to the rich and famous, having numerous affairs. Her most famous affair was with Queen Victoria's son, Bertie, who would later become King Edward VII on her death in 1901. Bertie was so taken with his mistress, he even introduced her to Queen Victoria. The affair ended when she dropped an ice cube down his back and she refused to apologise. An annual horse race is held in her name at Goodwood. The 15th century Pope, Alexander VI, had a mistress called Julia Farnese. The Italians called her Julia la Bella, Julia the Beautiful. Julia gave birth to his son and surprisingly 
He acknowledged this. He is the only Pope to have publicly fathered a child while serving his pontificate. But if you're worried that these mortal sins would have caused the Pope problems in the afterlife, don't, because everything turned out just fine. On his deathbed, he made very careful confessions, even shedding tears, and he found that his many sins would be forgiven. King George II had a mistress, Henrietta, for 20 years, but when he tired of her, his wife, Queen Caroline, asked him to reconsider. Caroline apparently preferred the security of this steady affair to the drama new lovers could bring. When kings tired of their mistresses, they generally threw lavish gifts or pensioned their way and hoped they would go away quietly. In 1809, Frederick, Duke of York, and the second son of George III had been having an affair with Marianne Clark for six years. She was a married woman. Marianne would have probably accepted the situation if Frederick decided to pay up. However, he didn't, and she decided to write a memoir of their affair. Such was public interest in royal affairs, it would have caused a sensation. When finished, it was sent to a publisher and 10,000 copies were printed. At this point, Mary Ann sent Frederick the book. Frederick immediately agreed to a generous pension, bought her a house and went to the publisher with a deal to buy all copies of the book. They were burnt and no surviving copies exist. Samuel Pepys's candid diary gives us an insight to both his stable, loving relationship with his wife Elizabeth, but also his opportunistic and predatory side with both brief sexual encounters, molestations and affairs. He has a long affair with a Mrs Bagshaw, the wife of a carpenter, who had come to see Pepys to see if he could help her husband with furthering his career. Reading the text, it certainly is apparent that Pepys took advantage, against her will initially, but afterwards she seemed to enjoy it just as much as him. She's mentioned 50 times in his diaries. However, his predatory instincts show through when writing on the 18th of August, 1667. Quote, Into St Dunstan's church, where I, stood by a pretty modest maid, whom I did labour to take by the hand and the body, but she would not, but got further and further away from me, and at last I could perceive her to take her pins out of her pocket to prick me should I touch her again. He has a long infatuation with his wife Elizabeth's servant and companion, 18-year-old Deb Willett. She had been requested by Elizabeth as she was lonely due to the long hours Pepys was away from the house at work or the coffee houses. Pepys gradually takes more and more advantage of Deb until, on the 25th of October, 1668, Elizabeth Pepys catches them together. Quote, My wife, coming up suddenly, would find me embracing the girl, and indeed, I with my hand in her cunning, 
Elizabeth was angry and distraught. Deb was dismissed shortly afterwards and Peeps has to face his wife recriminations and vows never to cheat again. Peeps does however meet Deb again, gives her money and kisses her. Well, that's a snapshot into the historical world of mistresses. But let's leave it on a final word with Mel Gwynn. A woman certainly knew how to steer a royal affair to her own advantage. When King Charles fathered an illegitimate son by Mel, of course she named him Charles, but she also wanted her son to gain a title. When the king visited, she called to her son, Come and see your father, you little bastard. The king was shocked, but Nell demurely said, What title should I call him if bastard isn't true? Shortly afterwards, he had the title of Duke of St Albans. Well, that's all for another History Byte episode. I hope you enjoyed that, and if you did, please subscribe, leave a review, recommend me to your friends and family, and join me on Twitter on the Historical Crimes and Criminals podcast. Till next time, bye-bye.